It's great to have you with us here at Grace Church. Uh, my name is Justin Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace. And uh, we are continuing our series called Generosity. This is the good life. Generosity. This is the good life. And I want you to, to understand the big idea today. Okay, the really big idea that I hope that you all walk away with today is that we give to give. We don't give to get. Okay, we give to give. There is truth, church, there is truth in this series, this generosity series that will change your life. There is truth in this series that will change your marriage. There is truth in this series that will change your health. It will change your parenting. There is truth in this series that will renew your mind. It will cleanse your mind. And it all begins with a new heart. And that's the title of the sermon today, is a new heart. And that's what we're going to focus on today, is a new heart. That's what it begins. And that's what God is interested in, is your heart. He wants your heart. It all begins with a new heart. Let's begin by looking at Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 and 2. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, let me ask you a simple question. Do you see the word money anywhere in those two verses? Do you see the word money? Do you see the word money anywhere in those two verses? I'm just going to keep asking until you answer. Do you see the word money it's okay to talk back. It's all right. It's all right. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. All right, we got one no over here. No, you don't see the word money. Okay, the context of those two verses is judging. Don't judge or you'll be judged. So to help us remember this, I'm, I want us to kind of put it to our short-term memory, okay? I want, us, I want you to repeat these phrases after me, all right? So that way we're all awake, we're ready to hear what God has for us today. So I want you to repeat this phrase after me. Say it after me, okay? Judge not, and you will not be judged. Say it out loud. All right, good job. Say this one after me. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. All right, good job. Let's, now let's turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And let's say those phrases one more time, all right, while we're turning to Luke chapter 6. Chapter 6. Judge not, and you will not be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Alright. Look at the first sentence of verse 37 in Luke chapter 6. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Now look at the last sentence of verse 38 in Luke chapter 6. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now this is the parallel passage of the verses that we just read in Matthew chapter 7. But there is a verse in the middle here that is often misunderstood by many of us. It's often misapplied, it's misunderstood. So let's read Luke chapter 6 verses 37 through 38. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. 
Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now look at verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Church, notice the word money does not appear in those verses at all. And yet most of the time when we hear uh, a sermon on Luke 6.38, or we hear uh, uh, some teaching on it, or we even read it, the first thing that we think about is money. That's the first thing our mind goes to. When we hear the word generosity, often our mind, the first thing we think about is money. When we hear the word give, we think about money. Giving and generosity, let me just be clear, church, giving and generosity, it's about so much more than just money. So much more than just money. When people ask me how often I speak about giving, you know, I'm a pastor, so they say, how often do you speak about giving? And I think maybe they're trying to gauge if they want to come to church here or not, right? How often do you speak about giving? I say every week. I speak about giving every week. But I think what what you were trying to ask me is how often do I speak about giving money? Because I can't speak about grace without talking about giving because for God so loved the world that he gave. Giving is like a foundational piece to our faith. I have to talk about giving. I can't talk about marriage without talking about giving because a healthy marriage cannot exist without giving. You have to give to each other. I have to talk about giving. So, as we start this message this morning, let me just be very clear. I'm not just talking about finances when I use the word generosity, when I use the word giving, or when I use the word give, okay? Generosity applies to every area of our life. So, if you could, just to kind of keep me encouraged while I talk this morning, are, are you understanding? I'm not just talking about finances. Is everybody clear on that? Just shake your head. Yep. All right. Cool. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart is right there in the middle of it. Some people say, man, the church is just trying to get my money. You know, the church is just trying to get my money. Yep, God is trying to get your money. God is after your money because he's after your heart. He wants all of you, which includes your money. He wants all of you. And your heart is connected to your wallet. It's like there's a string from your heart to your wallet. Have you noticed when somebody goes to get their wallet, it like tugs at their heart? Have you noticed that? Your heart heart is connected to your wallet. If God can get your wallet, He can get your heart. And I'm not the one who said it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows where your treasure is. Do you want your heart in the kingdom of God? Yes? Then put your treasure in the kingdom of God. 
in order to do this, in order to understand this, it takes a new heart. In order to to even fathom the words that are coming out of my mouth, it takes a heart transformation. Honestly, otherwise it sounds like foolishness. It sounds like, are you kidding me? You know, are you kidding me? This, This makes no sense without a heart transformation. Transformation has to take place in your heart. Otherwise, all the words coming out right now just sound like foolishness to you. In Luke chapter 6, he's talking about judgment. He's talking about condemnation, and he's talking about forgiveness. He's not talking about money. He says, don't judge or you'll be judged. Don't condemn or you'll be condemned. And he says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. And then he says, give. Like, what's he talking about right there? What's he talking about when he says give? He says, Give judgment, and judgment will be given back to you. And then he says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Okay, these are farming terms. I mean, that's just packed in there. It's, it's a bunch. Running over will men give judgment back to you. For with the same measure you give judgment, you'll get, you'll get judgment in return. That's the context of these verses. Okay? Judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. And we can apply this to other areas in our life because of the principle of sowing and reaping. Think about it this way. When you you plant an apple seed, okay? When you plant an apple seed, you don't harvest an apple seed. If you nurture it, you take care of it, you water it, you, you, you treat it right. You don't just get back an apple seed. When you plant an apple seed, you get back a whole tree. And it has a bunch of apples on it. And inside of those apples are a bunch of more apple seeds. A bunch of more. Okay? That's how I talk around here. A bunch of more apple seeds. You reap what you sow. And God could have called it rocks. But he chose me. Okay? You reap what you sow. So whatever you give, you're going to get back more. So I would highly recommend, I would highly suggest that you give good things rather than bad things because you're going to get more of it back. Give good things. Give forgiveness. Give it. Give forgiveness. And forgiveness will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give forgiveness back to you? Give love. And love will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will people give love back to you? Give mercy, and mercy will be given back to you. Give understanding, and understanding will be given back to you. Give patience, and patience will be given back to you. Give respect. And respect will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give respect back to you. For with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. It's an incredible truth. It's an incredible teaching. I had a lady come by the church sometime back. It was quite a few years ago. She came by the church one day and, and she stopped in the office and 
she brought her kids with her, and her kids were just acting really unruly. They were being loud and arguing and bickering, and they were actually yelling at her. And, and she just made the comment. She said, I don't know what to do with my kids. They're just yelling at me all the time, yelling at me nonstop. And then she kind of poked her head out the door right after she said this. She said, you kids, be quiet. Stop. Would you be quiet? I don't know why they're yelling at me. And I couldn't help but think of Luke 6, 38. Give yelling, and yelling will be given back to you. Good measure. Press down. Okay. All right, let's move on. Luke chapter 6. Jesus is teaching about giving. Jesus wants us to give. To help us understand the context a little more, let's back up a little further in Luke chapter 6, and let's begin in verse 30. He says, Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. He's speaking of stuff. We don't want to be in love with our stuff. I have to warn you, these are some tough verses. Verse 31. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Verse 32. If you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can pay you back, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Verse 35. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Gosh, it's incredible. And then verse 38 starts with the word give. Okay, now we have a greater understanding of the context. Now we know what Jesus is really trying to communicate. The message of Jesus in this sermon that he's giving is give. Give to those who ask of you. Give to those who cannot pay you back. Give love to those who don't deserve it. Give mercy to those who wrong you. Give the kind of treatment that you would hope uh, to receive from others. Give, give. Give. Oh, and by the way, when you do, your heavenly Father will make sure you get much more in return. But you know, the getting is not our motivation. The getting is not our motivation. We give to give. We give to give. When you give with what looks like reckless abandon to the world, you're finally getting close to the heart of God. Our God gave to us with reckless abandon. He gave His Son. He gave His very Son so that you and I could be redeemed from sin. He gave. Our God is a giver. God extended the ultimate kindness to us by sending His Son when we were unthankful, when we were evil, unholy, unrighteous. 
God gave it all. And when we begin to give with that kind of a mentality, now we're getting close to the heart of God. He gave it all, even His very blood. He gave it all. When we look to God as our example of how to give, we begin to have a new heart. That's how we begin to renew our mind. When we willingly give love, when we willingly give forgiveness and mercy, man, God loves it when we do that. God loves a cheerful giver. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And and this is not hard to understand, church. This is not hard to understand why, why God loves a cheerful giver. It's not hard to understand why God is so pleased with us when we give with no strings attached. We just give freely. We're not trying to use people as little puppets. No, we just give freely. And God loves that. And it's not hard to understand why he loves that. Because as a parent, aren't you proud of your children when they are unselfish? When they demonstrate without you having to threaten them or bribe them with ice cream from Dairy Queen. Oh, man, can we have a moment of silence? Dairy Queen is gone. Oh, man, that was rough. Man, aren't you proud of your kids? Aren't you proud of them when they just give and you didn't have to force them? Man, your heart swells with pride when they give love and mercy and forgiveness to others. It's it's incredible. Are you pleased when you have to bribe or threaten your children to be generous? No, of course not. We're pleased when our children are generous and when they prefer one another in love. So it is with God. He is blessed. He is proud of us. He is proud of His children when we give love, when we give our time, when we give forgiveness, when we give mercy unselfishly. He's proud of us. He's blessed by that. He's proud of us when we prefer others above ourselves in love. So, so how do we get a new heart? How does this happen? How are we going to develop a heart of generosity? I'm going to take you way back to the book of Deuteronomy because God shows us in the book of Deuteronomy what we need to do to have a heart of generosity. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 15, and let's begin with verses 7 and 8. It says, If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, notice God is giving it to you, you shall not harden your heart. It's it's all about your heart. Okay, church, it's all about your heart. You shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly, once again, that's a heart issue, Willingly lend him sufficient for his need. I don't know if you want to underline these next three words, circle it. Whatever he needs. Look at verse 9. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. Okay, Notice the word heart again. Saying the seventh year, the year of release or the year of jubilee is at hand. And your eye may be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. What what this is, is selfishness. This is selfishness. And selfishness is wickedness in God's eyes. 
So let's take a, a quick glance at a selfish heart. When your brother comes and he asks to borrow from you, open your hand and willingly lend to him, is what the scripture says. Open your heart to him, but don't think, oh, wait, 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 wait. This is the year of Jubilee. In six months, I'm going to have to forgive him his debt. He's not going to be able to pay it back in six months. If I do the, I'm not going to do, if I do the math, I'm not going to lend to him because he's not going to be able to pay it back. Immediately, we start hoarding and, and we want to make sure we're going to get back what we give. It's called selfishness. In other words, if he came up to you, okay, imagine someone maybe sitting next to you right here in this room this morning, okay, came up to you and said, I need to borrow some money. Man, my business is struggling this year. I've had a rough year. And you think, man, if I lend to this individual, I don't know if they're going to pay it back. I don't know if they're going to pay it back. I... I'm sorry, I have it, you know, I have it, but I don't have it. I'm, I'm not going to lend to you. Because in my heart, I know that you may not pay it back. God is saying, don't think that way. Don't think that way. You see, God implemented an economic system where all debts were canceled every seven years. It was called the year of Jubilee. Okay, let me ask you, how many of you want to implement this economic system right now, right? Yeah? Okay, everybody's hands should be raised, right? I'm raising both of mine. Okay. How many of you would like this? But if you think, I'm not going to be generous because I won't get paid back the full amount, it's called selfishness. That's what God's calling. It's tough. And selfishness is wickedness. Okay? God is saying, I want you to be generous like I'm generous. Hey, remember, I gave my son. I gave my son. So if someone's asking you for a grand, big flipping deal. I gave my son. You have no excuses. Don't be selfish. Let me ask you a question. Why did God create giving? Why did, why did God even invent giving? Why did he invent it? Some of us might say, I think God invented giving to support his work or to support his church. Do you really think, do you really think that God needs your money to support his church? Is the light bill in heaven getting out of hand? Like where God can't afford it? Are they running out of gold for the streets? God needs your money? No, 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 no. That's not why God came up with the whole concept and the whole idea of giving. He didn't create the idea of giving for his sake. He created the idea of giving for our sake. Because giving, more than any other activity that a believer does, it works selfishness and greed out of our lives. When we release forgiveness, when we release mercy, when we release money with no strings attached, man, it does something for our heart and it's something good. It's good for us. This is why I don't like the idea of give to get because it 
it works selfishness and greed into your life. I love the idea of give to give. Just give to give. Because with this idea, you're constantly giving. You're constantly giving and you understand that everything you have comes from God. And when we do get, okay, when we do get, we're not afraid to give. Because we give to give. You know, when that happens, though, selfishness whispers into our ear and it says, yeah, but you don't have enough. You don't have enough. Selfishness will whisper into our ear and say, man, God's not going to be faithful to meet your needs. Remember that big bill coming? You're not going to be able to make it. And Jesus, God, is encouraging us. Man, don't allow your heart to think this way. Look at verse 10. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because of uh, because for this thing. It's talking about giving with the right heart. The Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. It's incredible. Let's take a quick glance at a grieving heart. Okay, If you learn to give with the right heart attitude, God will bless you in everything you do. It's incredible. You see, selfishness, what what selfishness does, it it attacks us before we give. But grief attacks us after we give. Sometimes we'll commit maybe to give a large amount. Maybe we'll commit to give that some money to a brother who's in need. And then all of a sudden, your car breaks down. And you're like, man, I could have used that money to fix my car. And you experience grief. Sometimes people will give money and they'll say, man, I could have, I could have, right? I could have gone on a vacation with that money. I could have, I could have bought this. I could have bought that. And we experience grief after we give. I need $100 right now, okay? I need $100. I need somebody to give me $100 right now. Yeah, sweet. Sweet. Right right now, 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Thanks, Michael. Right on, man. That's awesome, dude. Thank you. You have not because you ask not. I just thought I would practice that principle this morning. All right? Now, some of you are like, what in the world is that all about, right? <laughs> Dave's raising his hand to Michael. <laughs> that was good. Um, okay, why did Michael get up so fast? And bring me this $100 bill. Okay? It's because he's super generous? Maybe, maybe not. Okay? Now, actually, he brought me this $100 bill so fast because I gave it to him before the service. Okay? This is my $100 bill. All right? And he just brought it back to me. Okay? But Michael is not grieving over giving me this $100 bills. Right, Michael? Are you kind of? Kind of maybe wishes he could could have kept it, but he's not grieving because it wasn't his. It wasn't his to begin with. He knew it was mine, and he brought it back. You see, the reason we grieve after we give is because we thought it was ours in the first place. And that's why so many of us struggle with being generous. Because we think it's ours. 
But let me read you what the scripture says. The scripture says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything is God's. When we give back to God what's already His, we don't grieve over it. Honestly, church, if, if we can understand this, and this, this principle, this, this teaching, we can be so much more joyous when we give because it's like, you know what, this isn't even mine. So if God leads me to give it, I'm going to give it because it's not mine. It's His already. Man, it, it sets you free from this, from this selfishness or from this grieving. We give joyfully because it belongs to Him. It's His anyway. He's just using us as tools or as vessels to bless. Look at verse 14. You shall supply him liberally, which means generously, from your flock, from your uh, threshing floor, and from your wine press. Now watch this. From what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. What God has given you, use it to bless others. God wants us to be generous. So let's take a quick glance at a generous heart. I understand, I I believe, I know that we all want to be generous. But we have to renew our minds. Okay, Back in Luke chapter 6 it says, Give to everyone who asks. And that is stinking generous. That's crazy generosity. But you know, we weren't born generous. Generosity is something we have to learn, something we have to practice doesn't come naturally. Generosity is one of the first things we have to teach our children. And it's hard. Come on, little Johnny. Come on, little Johnny. Share. Little Johnny, you got to share, right? We, we have to teach generosity to our children. And when the neighbor boy comes over and he brings his little toy, what does your boy do? He drops his toy and he wants the neighbor boy's toy now, right? We have to teach our children generosity. What God is saying is, he says, you need a heart like mine. He loved us so much, he gave. He loved us so much, he gave. Lastly, let's take a quick glance at a grateful heart. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 15, look at verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. God is saying, I am commanding you to be generous. I'm commanding you to be generous. And you know the authority on which I can command you to be generous? It's because everything you have came from me. You have no right to be selfish because it's not yours. It's mine. It's what God says. And we need to remind ourselves every now and again that we were slaves Remember what God had, remember what he delivered you from. Remember the sin that you were involved in before you decided to follow Jesus Christ. Often I am am overwhelmed at how quickly my heart can darken. If I take my eyes off of Jesus, I'm shocked sometimes how quickly my heart can stray. And often God will remind me of my past church. And he doesn't do it to shame me. He doesn't do it to condemn me. 
But often God will remind me of my past to, to make me grateful. Say, gosh, I am so thankful I have been delivered from that. To produce a heart of gratitude because, church, without him, I am a mess. Without him, it's a complete train wreck. I need him desperately in my life. God saved me and he put me on the road of life and blessing. And when I think about that, man, my heart just overflows with joy and gratitude. Yes, we must remember, church, we must remember God's kindness and his love towards us. And it's, it's not hard. It's not hard for me to give when I remember that I was a slave to sin. I didn't have anything. Okay, you didn't have anything. No matter what you had, you didn't have anything if you didn't have Jesus Christ. You know the people who are the most generous? You know who they are? It's those who have never gotten over their salvation. They've never forgotten what God has delivered them from. Those are the people who are the most generous. Because they say, man, I have been delivered from so much. I want to I bless people. I want to help people. I want to encourage people. Those who are the most generous are those who have great understanding and a great appreciation for the gospel. They, they remember how much Christ has done for them. The most generous people are the ones that realize that Christ is in me right now. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's Christ in me. And they're generous because they know what God has rescued them from. And they know everything they have comes from the Lord. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, church. I wanted to take just a moment to remind you the goal of this series, okay? goal of this message, the goal of this series, generosity, is not to entice you to give. That's like the furthest thing that we want. That's not our goal. The goal of this series is to free you from the fear and the grief that keeps so many people from giving. We want to free you. We want to see God free you from selfishness. We want to see God free you from that grief. Because I know every one of us, we want to be generous. But we've all struggled in the area of selfishness. We all have. I have. We've all experienced grief in our giving. And if only I had that money, I could have done this. I could have done that. This morning, I encourage you to ask the Lord. Okay, just simply ask Him. It's real simple. Say, Father, would you do a work in my heart? area of generosity. I don't want to be full of greed. I don't want to be tight-fisted. I want to be I want to be available and I want to be used by you to bless people. I want to be open-handed. Father, would you do a work in my heart in the area of generosity? And I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe this is a time that you need to give your heart to the Lord life to the Lord. You're just finally understanding how generous God is. You're finally hearing maybe for the first time that God is for you. He's not against you. This would be a great time to give your life to the Lord. 
Maybe it's a time that you need to give your life back to the Lord. You've kind of strayed, you know, you've, you've done your own thing. This is a great time to just recommit and say, God, I'm, I want to be generous. I want to be giving because you are generous and giving. Let me pray. Father God, please forgive us for having a selfish and a grieving heart. Lord, I ask that you would break those chains off of us. I pray that you would break those chains off of our families, off of our church. I pray that you would break those chains off of our descendants. Help us, Father, to be generous and grateful. Father, help us from this day forward to be generous and grateful givers to the kingdom of God. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you gave it all. You gave your, your very blood. You gave it all. And we ask these things in your name, Jesus. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, this morning, before we dismiss you, before we send you off, I wanted to close by giving you some some practical ways that you could be generous. You know, sometimes we close and maybe you're challenged and we don't give you maybe an action step, but I want to give you some action steps this morning and I want to give you five ways, okay? Five ways, practical ideas, practical thoughts that you can be generous this morning. And the first one does have to deal with money. Um, When you leave here this morning in the lobby, right in the middle of the lobby is going to be a barrel. Um, It's called our give barrel, and there's going to be some pieces of paper on the side of it. And on those pieces of paper, it has a list of food items. And what I'm going to ask is that when you walk out of the lobby, you grab a a sheet of paper, and uh, this week at the grocery store, you buy those food items, as many as you can, bring it back next Sunday, and let's fill up that food, uh, that give barrel. Let's fill it up full of food, uh, because church, more and more people are coming Every week, we're getting more and more people who are coming that need help with food. They need help with clothing. They need help with gas, with shelter. But one of the ways that we as a church are really trying to to help is with food. Um, And so if you could uh, grab a sheet of paper and let's fill up that give barrel. And honestly, let me just say, uh, this past week, um, our food ministry, we got down to about maybe 25 cans of green beans. Okay? And... That's unacceptable. <laughs> if I can just be blunt, that's unacceptable. Man, one of the main jobs of a church is to is to feed the hungry and to care for the poor. And so I'm, I'm throwing out a challenge. We, we need to make sure we have food for every person that comes in here and asks for food. We need to make sure we give them some good food. So if you could help us out with that, that'd be great. The second way you could be generous is with your prayer life. Right now we have a incredible group of students that are at youth camp our collision student ministries they're in glorietta new mexico and uh man they're having a wonderful time but if you could spend some time in prayer for them pray that god in his holy spirit speaks to them and ministers to them great things happen at youth camp so if you could lift them up at prayer in prayer my son rylan is there and i asked him before he left i said rylan what if what if god leads you to be a missionary while you're at camp and he said, I guess I'll have to be a missionary. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that a boy. That's awesome. Because you know what? If that happens, if that were to happen, that would mean I would have to be generous 
with my boy. And I would have to willingly give him to the Lord and say, God, you do with him as you please. See, generosity is about so much more than just money. The third thing that you could be generous with is your time. And after the service, you could go to the Welcome Center. It's uh, out the doors to the left. And you could sign up for the Global Leadership Summit. Okay, You're probably going to have to take two days off of work. It's August 11th and 12th, but it will be the best two days of your year. Okay, It's an incredible event. Um, man, it's a, it's a leadership injection into your soul. It's really, really incredible. And let me just mention to you that we have eight different churches and businesses that will be represented um, at that summit here at Grace Church. We have 105 people right now signed up for the event. It's incredible. So excited about this opportunity that God has given us. So you can be generous with your time and sign up for the Global Leadership Summit. And then uh, the fourth thing you could do, you could be generous with your service. Um, you can also, at the Welcome Center, you can sign up for lovethis.town. This is an initiative that we started as a church uh, to minister and to bless our community. And so you can sign up for lovethis.town. What we do is when the, when the city puts on events, we show up and serve. Okay, we served at the Iron Horse Classic. We were handing out water, setting up barricades, just doing whatever was asked of us. We, we served at Earth Day. We were painting kids' faces, handing out water bottles. Uh, we heard the testimony from Kyle uh, last Sunday that we made the event, right? They want us back. Um, so God is already using Love This Town to do incredible things. You can, you can be generous with your service. And then lastly, um, you can be generous with your fun, all right? Uh, this Saturday night, 7.30, on the front lawn, we're going to have a family movie night. And so be generous with your family. Have some fun. Join us out on the front lawn this Saturday night, 7.30. It's going to be a great time. Let me dismiss us in prayer, and we will be done this morning. Thanks for being here uh, with us. Father, thank you for this day. We love you. We worship you. And uh, I just pray that you would help us to be a generous church. I pray that we'd be known in this region as a church that is stinking generous, that is crazy generous. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.